0: Good evening everyone. Welcome to Pro Football Tonight. I am your host Marcus Q and we got a lot to talk about. The Dallas Cowboys have just utterly crushed the Indianapolis Colts 54 to 19 and on top of that, we have injury notes from the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens both teams going to be without their quarterbacks in the 49ers case for at least the rest for the rest of the year and in Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens case for the next little while if not a little bit more than that. We'll get into it. First things first, welcome everyone. We hope you're having a wonderful wonderful day. Um I hope you're having a wonderful wonderful night as well, but uh first let's get into the business of the night. Uh the Dallas Cowboys and the Indianapolis Colts had a game tonight and it went the way many fans expected it to go. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely dominated, crushed, pulverized, victimized, and abused the Indianapolis Colts 54 to 19. This was, here's the thing. The Colts had a shot at this game. The Colts had a genuine shot at this game and the reason why they didn't get back into it the reason why it was such a lopsided affair at the end had to do with the lack of productivity that they have been getting and will likely continue to get under at, at the quarterback position the indianapolis colts and i have been saying this for the longest time now are victims of their own problems they're victims of their own uh doing because They decided a few years ago that they would rather rather patch up their quarterback problems with having bringing in a guy like Matt Ryan, bringing in a guy like Carson Wentz, bringing in a guy like Jacoby Brissett, bringing in a guy like Philip Rivers. Instead of going via the route of let's invest in our future and get a young guy, this has been going on ever since Andrew Luck retired. And the score that you see to my to my right. Is exactly, exactly why the Colts need to make sure they get the guy in this draft. And I don't care who it is, whether you go and get yourself a CJ Stroud, whether you go get yourself a Bryce Young, whether you—I don't care. It doesn't matter who you get. The point is, this franchise cannot move forward until they fix their quarterback position. We have been talking about this since 2018. We have been talking about this since before Andrew Luck got hurt. Because remember, Andrew Luck before 2018, when he come when he won and when he came back and won comeback player of the year. Before that season, he had missed nearly the entire 2017 season due to injury. He had missed, I believe, a, a large part of the 2016 and 2015 seasons due to injury as well. So Before then, there were calls for the Colts to have a guy ready, have someone prepared to take the place of Andrew Luck. They decided instead, we'll stick with Jacoby Brissett, and this is no disrespect meant to Jacoby Brissett, but at the end of the day, he wasn't the guy. He was another Band-Aid, much like Matt Ryan is another Band-Aid over a gaping wound Where the blood is flowing, there are no stitches in sight, and we're just trying to tape it up until we actually get to the hospital. Well, this April or next April, the Colts got to go to the hospital, get their stitches, draft a young quarterback, and finally, finally move forward. You bring in Jeff Saturday, who was a consultant earlier on in the season for the team, He's come in. He's, he's brought in electricity about himself. And I think that has resonated with the team to an extent. But when you look at what went down and you look at the three interceptions and the fact that here's the thing. I don't want to put all of this on Matt Ryan. It's easy for me to pile on to Matt Ryan. He threw three interceptions. But the reason he threw those interceptions was because the Colts defense tonight gave up 54 points. The Colts' defense tonight did not play well. Au contraire, mon frere, they played terrible. So, look, the quarterback won't fix all this team's problems, but when the going gets tough and your defense doesn't do its job, the entire reason you have a franchise quarterback is so you can make up for the lack of talent, the lack of productivity, the lack of just... The lack of whatever on defense. Like, they literally could not stop anything. Dak Prescott had 170 yards passing today. They let two running backs get two tubs on him and, or sorry, three tubs on him in total and over 160 yards. CD Lamb, or especially early on in this game, was doing basically whatever the hell he wanted. He They were lucky that the Dallas offense decided to cool down. And even when cooling down, Fifty four points. Gold's got a lot of work to do and so much work to do. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys and where they are as far as this season goes, Dallas Cowboys are sitting pretty well right now. They're at nine. They, they find themselves at nine and three. They are right up there with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 11 and one via their big win today over the Tennessee Titans. And. Cowboys, again, in the thick of it, they still have to play Philly twice. So they do, in terms of of being able to, they do control their own destiny. The only question is with the Cowboys, how much do you trust them when they get deeper into December, deeper into January, and when when they want to go on what many Dallas fans want to be a Super Bowl run? If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, or if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I should say, I do feel good. I do feel good about this team. I don't think we'll find out, though, what exactly this team is until they finally go up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are going to be critical games. Not only, obviously, in deciding who wins the NFC West, or NFC East, but deciding who wins, I think, the NFC. That's a conference. I mean, you have Minnesota up there, but 9-3 Dallas, 11-1 Philadelphia. Those are juggernauts when we're talking about regular season NFC football. So, we'll see what happens. Colts are going into their bye week. They got to figure their shiznit out. This will be Jeff Saturday's first bye week as the new head coach, the interim head coach, I guess, of the Indianapolis Colts. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are going to take the short trip up the road or sorry, they're not going to take a short trip at all. The Texans, I should say, are going to take the short trip down the road to Dallas or up the road to Dallas, whichever direction it is. They're they're playing in Texas uh, either way. So what really does it matter? I'll tell you what does matter. If you guys are listening, if you guys are watching, even if you're watching on the replay after it and you're not watching live, do me a big time favor and hit that like button if you haven't already done so. It helps out the algorithm, helps the channel grow. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. So 54-19 is the final score from Sunday Night Football. Meanwhile, the biggest story right now of the NFL or in the NFL, I should say, is that of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo went down with what looked like an ankle injury early on in that game against the Miami Dolphins. Here was head coach Kyle Shanahan after the game. That's the season ending? Yes. What is What's the, the feeling in there? Your feeling about just you know, what he's giving you this season and to see it in like this? Um, I mean, just hearing it, it's it pretty crushing. I mean, it's... We know what jimmy's been through how hard he's worked at this you know I, I got that news a little in the second quarter um so it was a little different for me even just how happy we were with that game that was a really cool game just as a team and all the stuff that went on throughout the game and just be able to overcome some things and it was so such a special win um, but definite mixed emotions hearing about jimmy um i told the guys right after the game and so i know that gave them some mixed emotions fast too but um, it was a hell of a job I brought coming in, stepping it up. He, he um, did a real good job today and, um, we're going to be ready to do our best to overcome this. It is worth to note that the San Francisco 49ers did in fact win their game without Jimmy G, but you heard it there. Jimmy G suffered a broken foot in that game against Miami and he is done for the entire year a monumental loss for the San Francisco 49ers. Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a guy that when he is the starting quarterback of this team, he wins and he go he goes on deep playoff runs. That is a fact. Whether or not we want to give him full credit of of those playoff runs, that's fine. We like he is not an elite quarterback and he should not be viewed as an elite quarterback. He's a very good to great quarterback. But that's besides the point. The thing is, if there has ever been a system quarterback that fits a system, it is this guy and Kyle Shanahan's system, period. That's that's like not even up for debate. Jimmy Garoppolo, like they, they needed Jimmy G. I don't care what anyone says. This year, the way this team was getting hot, they have won five games in a row. And I want to give Brock Purdy all the credit in the world. Rock Purdy came into this game in in very questionable circumstances in very hard circumstances and he went 25 37 210 yards two touchdowns one interception not bad for a young buck not bad for a rookie not bad for a kid who didn't think that he was going to be playing today yet the Iowa State standout came in did his job we will see what he can do next week against Tampa Bay a team that really I'm telling you Do not think that he's going to have the same amount of success this week or next week as he did this week. Because when you get a young quarterback on film, it's way, way different the next week. Anyway, moving on though, back to Jimmy G. This is a big loss for the San Francisco 49ers. This was a guy that they could not risk losing. And again, I say this with a caveat. Jimmy G fits this system better than any quarterback would. When they lose him and they lose his stability and they lose his, 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 the fact that he had just been there, Jimmy G year in year out is, has been there for this team. And when he is not the guy, they don't win. Doesn't matter who you have a quarterback, Trey Lance. They don't win as much. Uh, Nate, God bless Nick Mullins. They don't win as much with Nick Mullins, uh, CJ Beathard, whoever. The list goes on and on. You guys get the deal. Jimmy G wins football games. Other quarterbacks don't. He has a rapport with these wide receivers that Brock Purdy, quite frankly, does not at this point, and it's going to be hard for them to develop that. The only bright side that I see is the fact that this team is able to play elite defense better than any other league uh, team in the entire league and on top of that run the ball downhill with Christian McCaffrey and company in the backfield. That will help Brock Purdy out, but when the throw needs to be made, when you need someone to throw that 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 ball that he's got to win games, he's got to go in winning time. Is Brock Purdy going to be able to make that play? I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not sure. I hope for the 49ers sake he is, but I genuinely don't know. I think that it is, it is, you have to think that this is a big loss for the San Francisco 49ers. It is not just as easy as plug and play Brock Purdy, and they're going to be right back in the groove of things. And again, this is a team, five games in a row. they 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 were sitting down there at three and four to begin the season. People writing them off. People saying that the Seattle Seahawks were going to be the class of this division, that MVP candidate Geno Smith was going to be the guy to lead this division in everything as far as quarterback play. And then Jimmy Garoppolo. what happens? The San Francisco 49ers make that big trade for Christian McCaffrey. And we just see the wheel spin. And this team has gotten better and better and better. And this and before this game. I was saying that the San Francisco 49ers, to me, look like the most complete team in the NFL right now, because they're not only just running the ball effectively, Jimmy G is passing the ball efficiently, they're playing great defense, and on top of it all, you can tell that they were getting better and better and better, and today, they they beat the Miami Dolphins, don't get me wrong, they did beat that football team, but I still think there is credence to the idea that, man... When you get a young quarterback with no film on him, it's very easy to think that he's really good in, in his first game. But once you have that film, once the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, who will play the uh, the San Francisco 49ers next week, once they get Brock Purdy on film, it's going to be a completely different ballgame. And they have film on him now. They have NFL film on him now. They know his tendencies. I'm telling you, it's not going to be the same situation as he was in today. Granted, Big ups to him for that. Other news and notes from around the league. We had the Aaron Rodgers experience continue on for one more week. He owned the Bears much like he has his entire life. 28-19, the final score from Chicago. Green Bay doing what Green Bay does in Chicago. That is winning. Chicago doing what Chicago does against Green Bay. That is taking that mean L uh, right in the face. Meanwhile, we had... 1916, not the year that was the score between the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were victorious today, over the Atlanta Falcons. We had 22 27 nail biter up there in Minnesota, with the Minnesota Vikings defeating, holding on to defeat. Mike White and the New York Football Jets. Mike White threw that interception to Harrison Ford or Harrison Ford to Harrison Smith on the final play of the game. And that iced that one. And finally, for our first round rapid fire, we have the 40-14 score between the Lions and the Jaguars. Lions absolutely crushed the Jacksonville Jaguars. As is expected, as they should, because the Lions are a great offense with no defense in sight uh, and the Jaguars just came off a big win. So they were going to lose uh, as is tradition moving on. I do want to talk about one other thing. So we heard that Lamar Jackson, <laughs> this is, this is crazy for me to even be talking about. So that was at the game and I saw this happen and it was crazy. So Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson may have suffered a injury or did actually suffer an injury in the 10 to 9 win over the Denver Broncos, here was head coach John Harbaugh talking about Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and his injury. Coach, what's the status of uh, Lamar Jackson? Lamar uh, has a uh, it's a knee, but it's not a season-ending type of knee. We'll get more tests tomorrow and let you know how long it's going to be. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll have something by for you tomorrow afternoon. Certainly by Wednesday, be more definitive. But it's it's going to be a number you know, days to weeks, we'll see. We'll see if he can go back this week. If not, it'll be sometime after that shortly. So there you hear John Harbaugh say that Lamar Jackson is essentially, they're going to take it from a day to week experience. It's not going to be a thing where they expect him to be out for the year. They expect him to be back at some point, it seems like, this year. However, that being said, remember, they they were in a very similar situation down the stretch last year. Ravens were sitting at eight and three to start the season. Lamar Jackson had them firing um, regardless of all the injuries. Yet he goes down. They say he was week to week and he just never came back. And that injury became aggravated after a while. I'm not saying that the same thing will happen. We just know from last year that there are no guarantees. I will say this as someone who is a Ravens fan, as someone who follows this team, as someone who was at the game in Baltimore when they played Denver, This offense without Lamar Jackson is very, very suspect. And that is because this offense has essentially been constructed to be run by Lamar Jackson. This is Lamar Jackson. Like, the Ravens are Lamar Jackson. When they drafted him in 2018, and then he took over for Joe Flacco, after that offseason, they decided to go all in on Lamar, and it was the right decision. It was the right decision. Because ever since then, he has done nothing but shine. And people want to talk about, oh, how, oh, well, this is it. This is it. See, he he's not sustainable in the NFL. He takes these hits. He's a runner. He's a runner. And that's going to get him injured. Both times that Lamar Jackson's ever been injured in his NFL career happened within when he was within the pocket, when he was passing the ball. It is, he has never gotten injured on a running play. And I think for people to reductively make that assumption, for people to reductively make that argument and continue that moot talking point, I think is pretty stupid at this point, but they're going to do that. People have an agenda and that's why they're also going to talk about his contract as if we're not as, as if other NFL players aren't always betting on themselves and negotiating. But we don't need to get into that. What we do need to get into though, is the fact that the Ravens are not going to win football games without Lamar Jackson. Like you got away with one in against Denver barely, you barely got away with one against Denver, but let me tell you something. When you got to pay, when you got to play Pittsburgh, who Pittsburgh today look like they're a pretty tough team. When you got to play Cleveland, who just got um, Deshaun Watson back, regardless of his terrible things off the field, they got Deshaun Watson back. When you got to play Pittsburgh again, when you got to play Cincinnati in a game that seems to be for the division and you don't know. When Lamar Jackson is going to be back, or even if he's going to be back by then, it brings into question. Not only will you win your division, but will you even make the playoffs in this AFC? Because you're not the only team that's vying for a wild card spot at this point either. You have the New York Football Jets in that conversation. You have the Dolphins in that conversation. Now you still have. The, uh, uh, sorry, the chargers in that conversation and even the Patriots who don't look great right now, lost two straight sitting at six and six, Bill Belichick isn't going down easily. There's a lot to be fleshed out. And right now, and even with Lamar healthy, honestly, this offense does not look like it's running at, at all cylinders. They look anemic. They look confused at times. And I think a lot of that comes down to Greg Roman and the offensive coordinator and the play calling. They need to get this right. Because their window with Lamar might close. It actually might close. Because you're going to have to do one of two things if you're the Ravens. You're either going to have to pay Lamar Jackson what he's worth and risk letting go of other key pieces on your football team. Or you're going to have to not pay Lamar Jackson and suffer the consequences, which is likely going to be a rebuild. So either way, you're going to be sacrificing something. I just think that you should make the most of it while you still got it. And while you know you still have it. So we'll see what they do. Moving on, let's go run through the rest of these games. 35 to 10 thumping at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. Should say the Titans lost the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts looked like the NFL MVP that we all expect him to be. The return matchup. Deshaun Watson returned onto the field for the first time in nearly two years, defeating his former team in Houston, the Houston Texans, 27-14. Looked like a game early on. It was like 7-5 early on, but Texans just could not muster up enough offense. Kyle Allen looked very pathetic out there. We all know at this point they're basically trying to tank. Next, we're going to talk about this game. Washington Commanders against the New York Football Giants. Okay. Giants fans, bear with me. Y'all are going to be mad at me. It's overtime. Giants Commanders. There's about a, what, a minute and 40 seconds left. Giants have the ball near midfield, fourth down and three. Brian Dable has already made a point that they're a gutsy team and they want to be thought of as a gutsy team that is not afraid. And in that situation where you're in overtime, the game is tied, next score wins, fourth down and three near midfield, if you're that gutsy of a team, don't you go for it in that situation? Just asking, because if if I'm if I wanted to portray that my team was gutsy and I wanted to portray that I as a head coach was gutsy and I was and I was wanting and I want people to think that I'm unafraid, I would have gone for it. Instead of hunting the ball, which is what the Giants did. And settling for the tie, which is also what they did. My biggest problem with this game. Washington was not good enough. They were good enough to come back when down, but they weren't good enough to drive down the field and score in overtime. I get that. But New York had a chance, had a chance to try to win this game, and they chose not to. They legitimately chose not to. And you can say field position battle with a minute and change left, fourth down and three near midfield, When you have Saquon Barkley, you have Daniel Jones, who's playing pretty well as of late. And you have a head coach in Brian Dable who wants to portray that this team is different. You go back to the past 20 years of Giants football. All of those teams would have punted. What's so different, Brian? What's so different? And you guys can say that, well, well, look, he's weighing the the risks and the rewards of these situations. And, you know, settling for the tie here might have been the smart thing to do because instead of taking a loss in the division, it kind of evens out and, and, and you know, is pretty neutral when, it, when all that stuff is smoothed out at the end of the year. And you're still sitting at 7-4-1 instead of 7-5 and five behind the commanders in the standing. Okay, sure. If that was the reason. But you want to change the culture. You want to change the perception of this team. You want to win, Brian. You want to win. And if you trust your defense that much, the commanders aren't getting in field goal range with the way they were playing in that in that overtime period. But yet, big Brian Dable didn't care. He was too afraid to go for it. I didn't like it. I thought he should have I thought you make a statement at that point. You trust your defense against you, you trust your defense here, put your offense out there and you put the you put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. You put it in the hands of Saquon Barkley. You put hell, you might even do something that is a little bit different and do a direct snap uh or or like a, a quarterback draw with Daniel Jones who has been successful at that. But no Instead, they settled for the tie and it ended in a 20 to 20 tie. So that's what we're, that's what we watched. And everyone was thinking at the, at the same time, everyone was thinking, why the hell did we even watch um, moving on? I already talked about this briefly, but 10 to nine was the final score in Baltimore. Of course, Lamar Jackson injured in that game. We saw Snoop Tyler Huntley come in relief. He threw some interceptions early on, but then, evened out, led them down on a 90-yard drive to win the game with a touchdown with 30 seconds remaining. We also had the 33-17 game between the San Francisco 49ers who won over the Miami Dolphins. Already talked about that as well. The Seattle Seahawks got back to their winning ways, 27-23 over the Rams, who just recently put quarterback Matthew Stafford on injured reserve, likely ending his year with a neck injury. Hopefully he'll be back next year and healthy, and this team will also be backing over their Super Bowl hangover. 27-20 was the final score in Las Vegas with the Raiders getting a token win over the Chargers. 27-20 Chargers take a step back, a team that everyone thought was going to take a step forward this year. Instead, they've shown that things have really not changed since last year. They are still pretty much the same damn Chargers, sitting at 6-6. Playoff lives on the line and, like, People expected them to take a step forward and challenge the Kansas City Chiefs this year for the division. Doesn't look like that's happening. Speaking of the Chiefs, they lost to Joe the 27-24, final score between the Bengals and the, and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had one of the craziest touchdowns I've ever seen. He literally dunked on the entire defense. It wasn't enough. He is now 0-3 against Joe Burrow in his career, and Joe Burrow, man, look. That's a bad man. He has no offensive line, but that is a bad man. And, of course, 54-19, the final score on Sunday Night Football between the Cowboys, how about them, and the Indianapolis Colts. So, guys, this has been Pro Football Tonight Live. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. We're going to try to do these more often. Let me know what you guys want to talk about in the comment section, though. Hit that like button if you haven't already done so. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Until next time, I am Umar Q for Real Take Sports and keep it real.